Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Hello everyone, it's Patricia Wilby of Alchemy Therapies and My Emotional Audit and various other things and I wanted to do another update on my microdosing journey. Uh, week five, I think it is now, um, I'm actually on my off days, I've got three days of taking lion's mane and a little niacin um, and I start again on Thursday doing the Stamets Protocol, if you don't know what that is, I'll link in the original recording I did on that. Uh, microdosing is about taking about a tenth of a hallucinogenic dose to try and rebalance some of the way your brain configures itself. It's, it's very well regarded in terms of mood disorders, fear, and particularly fear around the end of life, and it's given to people you know, the time of diagnosis. Um, but obviously, I'm not doing it for those reasons. I'm doing it more or less to experiment and see see if it does um, change my perception a little and give me more confidence, I guess, less fear, uh, and generally improve my focus. That was one of the reasons I decided to do this. Also, being a therapist, I wanted to find out how it works and is it is it something I can recommend to clients if need be. And obviously we're, we're at a point in the use of psychedelics um, like magic mushrooms where currently it's still, um, it's still legal um, but uh, that's presumably about to change it's certainly already ongoing new legislation in the US and where the US goes we're likely to follow I think because it has proved to be very profound. Um, my journey has been very interesting and very different perhaps to the previous microdosing journey I did uh, with the Boga. Mushrooms seem to be much more connected to living things. And so uh, my first awarenesses were colours seem brighter and, and sensory awareness seemed much deeper. And I found that more and more. Um, I am certainly uh, experiencing great connectedness, and I talked about that in my last video. And I don't want to cover that again today. Uh, I do want to tell you about you know, a movie that I watched with Paul Stamets. Um, it's a very interesting movie. Fantastic Fungi, and you can find it on Netflix and various other channels. There's even a documentary channel um, that you can find it after the link below. Now, this was groundbreaking for me. I've probably I've watched it right through, and now I'm gradually re watching it because this, it's quite dense and packed with information about how fungi seem to be not only the first organisms to colonize the land and also uh, allow plants to grow, which they still do. They facilitate plants to absorb nutrients by their mycelial networks living beneath the ground. But they also hold out great hope for us in um, restoring land, in creating more harmony with the earth, and uh, maybe cleaning up about you know, some of the awful things we've done to land in our explorations for oil, for instance. 
but it's far more than that. It shows us that our serial networks are very like neurons in the brain. Now, this was a great interest to me because we know that neurons in the brain are a process, not a thing. In fact, our brain is a process, not a thing. And that's a really different way of looking at how you learn and how you interact with the world is that you're undergoing at all times um, growth, growth of your neuron connections. And so when you learn something new, for instance, you learn to play the piano or you learn to do, I don't know, some task like crosswords or Sudoku or something, your brain is responding by growing new connections. And what we now know is that the brain can adapt and grow even, even in older. And so it's not just, you know, something for children, but it's something to be aware of as you're older, and that's really important. But what's really interesting to me is that my serial networks, these kind of threads that run underground beneath trees and uh, leaf litter, just that they basically help decompose things. But they also send signals along the mycelial networks, and where they cross, um, they can actually create a sort of, it's like a synapse, it's the equivalent to a synapse in our brain, and, and messages and information is, is fed back along the organism, which consists of this fantastic, massive network beneath our feet. And so I, I just thought that was so fascinating, the, the synergy of that and your brain. Right? And they talk also about um, how synergy or, let's say, symbiotic, symbiotic relationship, for instance, with lichens, which is a combination of an algae and a fungi, um, is actually, and other things, we've recently discovered it's not just two organisms that live together in a symbiotic relationship. There are, there are bacteria and viruses and protozoa and all sorts of things that live in this community, the importance of community. Um, and, and that lichens are very adaptable because they, because of this synergy between different life forms which have different strengths and weaknesses. And then I was thinking about how humans could, could learn from that, you know, that we need to form communities that borrow the strengths and share the challenges of the different aspects of ourselves. And so it really, it really was tying in beautifully with the other thing that I do, um, which is I'm part of a movement that looks at alternative finance and financial finding financial freedom and we have a separate crypto, wary cryptonaut channel which um, I, I talk a lot about you know how to create community and how to learn and how to take responsibility for your own financial health and, and so on and it, it kind of is bringing it all together and one of the people I met recently and I actually interviewed her for my channel reminded me of something so important and I'm going to show you this now she is a student of something called Course in Miracles, then you can see that. Course in Miracles, okay. And I mean, it looks a bit like a Bible, doesn't it? It's not particularly flashy, it doesn't have a flashy cover, um, but it, it is really a Bible in a sense. But it's a sort of up to date Bible. Um, I had been approaching it, trying to read all of the lessons, and it is very like the Bible because it's written in 
not archaic language, but very dense language, and you really have to read and really sit and contemplate, I guess, uh, what it's telling you. And then the lady I interviewed mentioned that she was going through the workbook with her husband, and I thought, actually, the workbook, I've never even looked at that, it's in the same, this is a combined volume that includes all the exercises as well, and, and so I was looking at uh, the exercises in the workbook, and, and the early stuff is just so profound, you know, my mind is preoccupied with past thoughts, okay, now how relevant is that to how I work with other people and with some of the experiences I've had is that um, we don't see anything as it really is. We see it through the lens of past perception. Okay. And so what mushrooms seem to do and other psychedelics is they take away that association and you are suddenly uh, not seeing things through past association, but as they really are. And when you take very high doses of mushroom, you actually see the underlying mathematics. Paul talks about that in the film, uh, Fantastic Fungi, who mentions that the overdose when he was um, a, a young man, teenager probably, and he had the most profound experience of being a tree during the storm, and all he knew that he just had to grip onto the tree and hold the tree as a source of connection and grounding. Um, but all he was seeing was sort of fractal images, you know, like a kaleidoscope of mathematical constructed images, um, flashing in colour, the most profound feeling of being held and connected. And I, I was so intrigued by that because it, it appears that the world we perceive is not the way things really are. Our brains are unique. And, being able to decode the underlying structure of humanity into a sensing world, into what feels like solidity. But if you understand that everything you see and interact with is filtered by our brain and through its past learning about what it is, let's take the example of a pen. Okay? This feels solid. That's because the forces within the pen are appearing space. Um, and also in my understanding of how it feels, it's hard, you know, smooth, elongated, how I describe it to myself is filtered through the experience of holding other pens in the past. Right? And so my brain is saying, ah, oh, that's a pen because it matches my experience of what I labeled a pen the first time I ever held one. So this is a pretty mind-blowing concept, okay? That nothing is what it seems. And, and if the reality is different to that, then how might we find our interaction with humanity more precious? You know, because if I can change things by my perception, which is what I'm teaching people all the time when I'm working with them, okay, to not see um, hurt and pain when you interact with others because that's what you've had in the past but to see the reality which is that most people have good intentions okay, and may say things that hurt me but who's hurting me unless they're doing it deliberately the person that's hurting you is you by saying it through the lens of your perception 
And so the work of Byron Katie does with this when she really looks at is this really true? That's one of her questions. How can I know that that is true? Because you can't, you can never interpret exactly what someone else is meaning when they're interacting with you. Because you're not inside their head, you're inside yours. And this whole idea anyway that we're individuals banging around meeting other individuals is, is being really, really challenged by the idea that we are a community of microbes, for instance. Um, I wrote a book on that one called The World Within, and, and I was so interested that we're more microbial than we are human scientists by, well, we're not exactly sure, but at least two to one, it could be ten to one, more microbial information in DNA than we are human. What, what does that mean for us as individuals? Believing that we are an I. Well, I think we're a we. And I just happen to be this conglomeration of, of microbes and human cells, and you are a different conglomeration. And how you experience the world is individual to you and your microbes. Um, how does that change how you interact with nature, you know, which is also a community and a conglomeration? Does it mean we're more embedded? I think it does. And I think that's what. And some of the people in the movie actually talk very, very, very moving accounts of being redeemed, I think. There's one lady who had terminal cancer, and luckily she lived in an area where there was a clinical trial going on, and they gave her you know, a clinical dose, which is higher than a um, microdose. Um, and a clinical dose is very well controlled, of course, as you would expect in your own clinical environment, but it's with a bed and soft music, and you have someone in the room and hold your hand, and you're they're certainly with you. And she came out of that with a totally new perspective of life, and weirdly, or not weirdly, in fact, but uh, of course, her cancer went away. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying that's possible for everyone, but. Uh, she found So um, I think what they're doing for me, honestly, is they're helping to unite all the different strands of my work and my life and the things that I believe in. One of my top values is authenticity, readings, authority, and community. Very important for me um, being part of something bigger. For some people, it's their spiritual connection. I do have that, but I find it for human beings and for nature rather than in a church or um, a formal environment like that. For me, being in a forest is my church. Um, being in a community of people who see the world in a similar way and have reverence in all the world that we live in is, well, they're my tribe. Okay, and when you understand that dis ease is a disconnection from connection with nature, connection with nature, you see that, that maybe that's why mushrooms or other psychedelic plant medicine is able to destroy the illusion of separateness. You get access to the information field within the network, which says that I believe we're worthy. 
So, anyway, you can tell I'm in a very profound space this morning. I won't say it's been an easy journey because there have been some challenges. Certainly, toxins have been out of me. The day last week, I just felt so ill. It was 24 hours of just being absolutely out of count. I mean, I couldn't move from the sofa, really. Terrible headache. I know for me it's toxicity. Thought I might have eaten something. It could be that I came you know, in contact with a virus or something. But whatever it was, anyway, it passed over and I was all right the next day. Uh, and I've had other aspects. I've had lots of boils coming up and all sorts of things, which are very pleasant. Um, but obviously, my system is, is getting a lot better. So um, I, I'm finding a great deal of meaning in doing this work, doing the personal work alongside the professional work that I do, I'm finding a deeper, deeper connectedness to that inside myself, I guess, and recognising how my past has changed me, and therefore maybe more compassion and empathy for people who come to see me and are embedded in their past experience not really here now so it's it's a great thing to do folks um i it's so different to doing it occasionally you know which is all about getting high this is this is about going in and finding out who you really are and, you know, it's an ongoing journey i'll leave at that uh please do comment and put your questions in and do read the comments and do usually respond. Right, take care everybody. See you later. Bye bye. Hey, hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.